Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Poetry Superhighway Live. It's the September 2010 edition of our monthly open reading. I say monthly, though sometimes we take months off for various reasons, but monthly sounds impressive, I think. I'm so glad that you're, you're listening, whether you're listening live right now uh, or if you're tuning in after the fact on the podcast or uh, listening online to the MP3 download or something of that nature. I'm just glad that you're listening at some point. If this is hundreds of years in the future and this particular broadcast is being unearthed by audiological internet archaeologists, thank you for listening in the future. It's great to have you. It's, uh, it's an exciting time for the Poetry Superhighway. There's less than a week left to enter our 2010 Poetry Contest. It's our 13th annual Poetry Contest. It's running right now. The deadline to submit your poems and to either postmark your entry fees or pay them via PayPal is this coming Saturday, October 2nd, at midnight Pacific Coast time. I'm very Pacific-centric because, uh, well, that's the time zone I live in. If I have to think about ending the contest at 24 different times based on the various time zones that exist, uh, it's pretty much going to drive me insane. So it's Pacific time. If you live somewhere else, you're going to have to do the math yourself. So enter the contest. Over 400 entries have been submitted so far. I expect this to be a pretty big week of entries. Usually the last week is the most intense in terms of the number of contest entries that come in. We usually get around 500 or so total. We'll see what happens this year. So go to the Poetry Superhighway website, click on 2010 contest, and all the uh, guidelines are there, how to enter, how to pay, how to send in your poems. It's only $1 per poem entry fee. You can enter as many poems as you like this as you like. This contest is accessible to you. If you can you can pay a dollar if you want to pay more and submit more poems then that's fine too. It's it's all up to you. One hundred percent of the money collected goes directly to the winners of the contest. The uh, the the poems are being judged as they come in by the three contest judges who've done a tremendous job so far getting the poems back to me. And uh, your name is removed from them, by the way, so it's blindly judged. They don't know whose poetry they're reading when I send them off to them. Uh, the scores come back, and at the end of the contest, well, the deadline is, is this Saturday, so they'll have a, a week or so after that to get the poems back to me. And uh, uh, if there's a tie, there'll be a, a brief second round of scoring to the, uh, for the poems that scored in those top positions. And then from that will emerge the three winners. And those winners will divide up the 100% of the entry fees taken in, which is pretty darn good. Uh, right now it's 400. It's usually around 500, which means that the top placed winner would get uh, 50% of that, which right now is $250. The second place winner would would get a third of that, and the or 30% of that, and the third place winner would get 20% of that. On top of which, no, it doesn't stop there, or should I say, but wait, there's more. Uh, one of our sponsors, Roland Vassen, donated $500 to the contest, and that money is going directly into the prize pot, which means that the prize money going to the top three scoring poets will probably double, assuming that we get about 500 entries this year, which means that probably... I can't tell you until I know exactly how many entries come in. We're looking at a $500 prize for the first place winner and and so on. On top of that, ladies and gentlemen, let's say you don't get into the top three scoring positions. That's okay. You tried, right? You tried your best. Well, we have a number of sponsors, many sponsors, who have donated over 200 prizes so far. I say so far because... A new sponsor in the very last week of the contest uh, joined in just yesterday, uh, pledging five, five books. So every single person who enters the contest, and this is something we've been able to do every single year of the contest, this is our 13th year, will get a prize directly from one of our sponsors. So say you, 
you score in 30-second place, a sponsor will mail you a prize just for entering. It could be a poetry journal. It could be a copy of someone's book. It could be a photograph. Uh, someone's donated some, some photographic prints. Uh, it could be a service of interest to, to poets and writers. It could be a subscription to something. So you really can't lose by entering this contest. So with that in mind, I encourage you to go to the Poetry Superhighway website. This is the, the last week. Again, the deadline is next Saturday at midnight Pacific time to get your poems in uh, as well as to submit the entry fee. There's a specific way that you do that, and um, I'm not going to tell you now because I don't want to waste our, our callers' time. We've got a bunch of people on the lines waiting to read their poetry. Uh, so go and read the guidelines. Please follow them because we won't accept your uh, submissions if you don't follow the guidelines. It's just that simple. So there you go. It's, a, it's an extraordinarily hot September day here in in uh, the Southern California area. It's uh, over 100 degrees, which uh, I guess answers the question you were all answering, how hot is it? Thank you for that interactivity from your homes or wherever it is that you're listening to the show. So if you want to call in, please do. The number is 646-716-7362. Read a poem. Tell us about what's going on in poetry in your part of the world. We have no content or style restrictions. It's an awesome thing to do. You'll feel good about it. Uh, you'll get you'll get feedback. People will uh, will cheer. They will come to your house and say thank you for reading that poem on the air. It's a great thing. Uh, moving now to our very first caller from the three two three area code. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. I didn't know I was going to be the first person. No one ever knows. It's, yeah. Uh, it's like voodoo. Hi, Rick. I've been down to the Cobalt a couple of times. My name's Maria, and I need to get down there more. It's a little. I live in West Hollywood, so it's a little far, but I need to come down there. We enjoyed ourselves immensely when we came down. Cool. Well, I'm glad to hear you uh, back on the air now. Thanks. Um, I'm going to re- read a poem called Taking the Fall, and uh, I'm in a band, so uh, this is like one of my song, um, song lyrics that I do for one of my songs. So um, it goes, sometimes life is all you can bear. Sometimes you wish you weren't even here. Sometimes it doesn't matter what you have to say at all. Sometimes you're always the one taking the fall. It's the people who try too hard that stumble and fall. What's the use in trying when you're always wrong? You can't make me feel small. Charity is the key to being carefree. You don't always have to be the best. You just have to be the best you can be. (laughs) And that's it. Very nice, Maria. What's, What's the name of your band? Uh, we're called the Motorcycle Black Madonnas. Uh, we're named after uh, one of Bob Dylan's songs. Do you like Dylan? A lot, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's in one of his songs, Gates of Eden. And uh, we'll be playing that a lot. So I need to get down to the Cobalt. We had a great time, my husband and I, when we came down. So I need to get down there, and I promise I will. Cool. Does your band have a website or anything people can check out? Uh, we do. We're on MySpace, and if they just put in Motorcycle Black Madonnas, uh, they'll see it on there, and we're going to have a new album coming out soon. But uh, So hopefully we'll get around a little more and people have more access to come see us. Cool. Well, Maria, thanks for being our first caller. Thanks for sharing your poem, and good luck with your band. And, I'll, and I'm going to keep you to your word. I'll, I'll be looking for you at the Cobalt on Tuesday. Okay. Thank you, Rick. Thanks for the show. Sure, no problem. Bye. Bye. Maria from West Hollywood, someone who I've met in person at the Cobalt Cafe where I host a weekly open reading, which you should all also come down to. I know uh, uh, you you live in different parts of the world, but there's really no reason you shouldn't fly to L.A. and come to the Cobalt Cafe open poetry reading. It's Tuesday nights at 9 o'clock. That's late enough for you to to get out here and, and get to the reading. There's a nice... Japanese restaurant, an Indian restaurant on the very same block, an authentic Indian restaurant, by the way, not uh, not one of these frou-frou places, but, you know, a place that's like a little cafeteria-style place that's run by Indians that Indians eat at, you know, not like the rest of us who, who show up to Indian restaurants and, and feel, <laughs> oh, I'm about to make a crazy wild generalization here um, that isn't possible, but, you're, but you know how we all feel special and ultra-cultured when we go to Indian restaurants because uh, we like Indian food. That's just silly. I'm going to stop right there. Never mind. All right. Moving along. Uh, Come to the Cobalt. That's the point. Um, Our next caller is from the 
07 area code. Hello. Hey, hey. How are you, Rick? I'm good. This is good. It's hot here, too. This is central northern California, Sonoma, California, the home of the renowned writer Jack London. So How's this Jack poem, doing? I'm going... Yes? I'm How's sorry, Jack I interrupted doing? you. No, that's okay. I interrupted you. This poem is entitled, In This Thin Hall of Lights. It's in memory of a Finnish novelist by the name of Eero Polli. Forty years ago, the galvanized sheet metal housing of one of the banks of General Lights suspended above the stage, hung by frayed cotton ropes, worn then for 30 years. This at the Finnish Hall in almost ocean view, Berkeley. I saw the ropes and thought if someone was caught underneath them when they finally broke, that that victim would headache, if not bleed to death. I neither asked the manager of the hall nor the board of trustees if I could have permission to exchange the worn rope of words with a phrase of steel chain made of tight verbal links with which to hold the source of light. I had exchanged one end when the manager barked, What do you think you're doing? I told him, and he scolded me with a silent stare. Element burnt out, I stepped down the ladder in flat sounds which rung through the backstage. Climbing up the ladder with the second phrase of chain, I begged the manager not to inform on me. The chain remains today, now known to support light. End poem. Very nice. Well read, too. I, I particularly enjoyed the, the manager's voice that you did uh, in the middle there. I hadn't heard you do something like that before, so uh, pleasant surprise as well. Appreciated. I just make a mention that if anybody is in the environs of Berkeley at that Finnish Kaliva Hall at 1970 Chestnut Street off of University on October 24th, starting at 2 and going to 4 to bring in their poems. There will be an open mic after a featured reading by four poets. Paula Erkele, Johanna Rauhala, Bill Vartnow, and me, Don Hagelberg. That's free admission and a free bowl of salad. Thank you, Rick. Thank you. Now, very few readings give away free bowls of salad, so that's, uh, that's a pretty, uh, that's a great perk. I'll eat one for you. I, I appreciate it. I'm a, I'm a vegetarian, so... Lots of bowls of salads go inside me, and it's good to know that I have agents in other parts of the world uh, taking care of those needs. Don, thank you for calling in again. It was good to hear from you. Bye-bye. Bye. Don Hagelberg from Sonoma, California, uh, a repeat offender here on Poetry Superhighway Live. Uh, from the spine to the ridiculous, we're moving to the 914 area code. Hello. 914, are you there? Alrighty, I guess not. Okay. Well, that's that's how that goes. Uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes uh, people just aren't there. Um, who knows what happened? I, I hope uh, uh, forces of evil didn't break into their house and and uh, and capture them. That would uh, that would be a shame, especially before they had the chance to to share their poem. Um, I think forces of evil should focus on people not not reading poetry. Right now, if possible, if any if any forces of evil are listening, could you could you please focus your attention in another direction? 
than our callers at this time. Now, the number to call in is 646-716-7362. You can also head to the webpage where you probably are already if you're listening to the show and participate in the chat room as well. Uh, comment on, on what people are saying or have a conversation conversation amongst yourself. Uh, whatever you'd like. The next caller is from the 863 area code. Hello. Um, hello, Rick. Um, this is Noreen and Jenkins, and I'm from Lake Wells, Florida. And and a poem I got to okay hi okay and um the poem I got today is today and forever, and it's a blitz poetry form. Okay um okay live your dreams live for today today is the day today I'll write write every day write from your heart heart is the core of inner self heart to heart talk talk quietly talk about poetry poetry we need more of. Poetry is not a dying art. Art and poetry goes hand in hand. Art is beautiful, beautiful as a sunset. Beautiful dreams, dreams can happen. Dreams of the future. Future is one step ahead of today. Future is what you make of it. It is possible. It is about hope. Hope is dreams can come true. Hope is to believe. Believe in yourself. Believe in your dreams. Dreams of a better future. Dreams of a better world. World without poetry is like being dead. World as the world turns. Turns left or right. Turns inside out. Out with the old. Out of the way. Way to go. Way to follow. Follow your heart. Follow your dreams. Not giving up. Up like going towards heaven. Up and not down. Down and out. Down with writer's block. Block out noises. Block out. Wait, block it out. Not your mind. Mind over matter. Mind what I say forever. Forever believe in your dreams. Forever in a day. Day dreams. The end. Noreen, great. Thank you so much for uh, combating the uh, forces of evil with your uh, message of hope. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, thank you. Anything okay. else you'd like to share with us? Uh, oh, oh yeah. Um, uh, yes, my web my website is um, noreenandjenkins.webs.com, and I got some more good news. I got an, another book on poetrypoem.com backslash noreenandjenkins. You can go in there and and purchase a, my ebook on the CD there. Then I got another third book out. But my husband is in it this time, and it's called uh, Please, uh, Please Will Someone Just Love Me, and it's an e-book, too, and you can get that on a scribd, dot com backslash Noreen Ann Jenkins. And then I'm also now on ReverbNation.com, and that's under Noreen Ann Jenkins. And I got about ten uh, recorded poems on there. Mm-hmm. Wow, you've been keeping quite busy since uh, we started talking. Y- yes. Mm-hmm. Well, great, Noreen. Always good to hear from you. Thanks for calling okay. in. Okay. Congratulations and, on all your uh, success there. Um. Uh, th- thank you, Rick, and thank you for having me here. And I enjoyed this show very much. Okay. I'm and so you glad. Have a great, okay. And you have a great day. You too. Okay. Take it easy. Okay. Thank you. That's uh, Noreen Ann Jenkins calling from Lake Wells, Florida. Uh, as you might have gathered, a regular here on Poetry Superhighway Live, and looks like she's been getting her work out there on the Internet. So uh, uh, surely if you didn't have enough of Noreen Ann Jenkins just now, uh, you can get a lot more of her in those various places that she mentioned. Uh, moving along, our phone number for you to call in, and you should call in, is the number 646 716 7362, moving along to our next caller from the 310. Hello. Hello. Hi. Rick, it's Marie Lacrovine. Yeah. Oh, hi, Marie. Okay. How are You're you? You're our second Marie today. <laughs> I think the first one was a Maria, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yes, well, anyway. that's just a quote that, that you all use for, uh, you know. Yeah, I know. Maria, Marcy, Mary, whatever. It's all the same, right? I think we all might look the same, but I could be wrong. I haven't seen anything <coughs> like lately. 
on October 3rd at 5 o'clock. It will be Etta Gilvis and Steve Barata will be the features. And it's a three-minute, it's a free reading, three minutes or two poems. Three minutes and or two poems. If you have two haiku, you got to do them real slow. <laughs> that's, um, that's a week from today at Beyond Baroque in Venice, California. Yep. It's 681 Venice Boulevard, Venice, beyondbaroque.org. Another good reason for everyone from uh, out of town to fly into uh, L.A. to, to participate in the rich uh, uh, field of, of poetry readings we have going on here virtually every minute of the day. <laughs> okay, Rachel, thank you, and have a great Sunday. Thanks, you too. Thanks for calling in. Great, thank you. That was uh, Marie LeCrevent calling uh, from here in L.A., she, she also runs PoeticDiversity.org, which is uh, the lit scene of Los Angeles. Check it out. There's always a lot of good stuff up there to check out. Funny, um, to talk about the Notre Dame in Paris, I was just in, and I, maybe I mentioned this last time uh, we had a show, because I think we've had one since, since this happened, but um, in July, my wife and I traveled to Montreal, Canada, which also has a Notre Dame, which is kind of the religious centerpiece of the city, I guess, uh, or for Catholics at any rate, and it's um, not exactly related to the one in Paris, but it still is a, is a, a grand spectacle of a, of a place to see. So um, recommend it. Definitely get to uh, definitely get to Montreal. I see someone in the chat room asking, what, what website is that? PoeticDiversity.org. That's the website. That's also the name of the website, Poetic Diversity, the lit zine of Los Angeles. Um, pretty much usually focuses on L.A. poetry, L.A. poets, but uh, what the hell, you know, uh, I'm, I don't have the guidelines in front of me. Send them something, you know, and just tell them you're, you're from L.A., see what happens. Um, don't mention my name. That's all I have to say. The number is, the number to call in is 646-716-7362. You're probably staring at it if you're listening to the show. It's right there on the web page. Why do, why do I keep repeating it? I don't know. Uh, moving right now to a caller from the 908 area code. Hello. How you doing, Rick? How you doing, Rick? This is the criminal element from the West Rolling Hills. There's <laughs> <laughs> oh, still good to hear from you, David Nevis from from Newark, New Jersey. <laughs> still bouncing four dollar checks. <laughs> call me, call me a well, wise I, I guy. Did, uh, yeah, by the way, I'm from the same <laughs> Very quickly, uh, this piece, uh, this piece is um, uh, about my great uh, my great aunt in Portugal who had a farm and she joined this cookie religious cult and she was going on a uh, a pilgrimage for a week. And she needed somebody to watch her animals. She couldn't find anybody. And she had a mule she was particularly fond of. And so she figured out how to feed the mule by leaving the mule seven portions of food, one for each day of the week, expecting the mule to see each portion per day. Well, the mule's calendar is not like our own, so... You can pretty much guess what happened. Anyway, it's contained in this poem. It's called, it's, it's lyric. It's called A Mulish Education. Here it goes. Aunt Lucy understands about the filly giving birth and is painfully familiar with the tilling of the earth, an accomplished virtuoso with any flower tool, but has a special fondness for her narcissistic mule. Her farm does top the village to Our Lady's holy shrine, a sampling of her beastie seen at any given time. And Lucy's reputation as a weak-brained doting fool was further given credence by her narcissistic mule. She worships solar god rising early every day, taking frequent pilgrimage several days away, makes provision for her beasties as customary rule, but there's no one to look after her narcissistic mule. To Aunt Lucy, this presents itself as problematic need, since the burrow is accustomed to his massive daily feed. So consulting with the sun god, she finally finds a way to assure her darling beastie eats his portion for the day. 
So she sets about constructing a trough with tender care, so the donkey can partake of his generous daily share. Seven seeds of special hay set in virgin steely trays anticipates her journey to last at least for seven days. But mules can't tell the difference in the passing of the week, as best-rate human plans can't match their logic, so to speak. Special mulish learning, a special mulish school, a donkey's education for the narcissistic mule. A rather simple calendar that's mulish and so crude, since the beastie's waking hours are devoted to his food. An entire week of vittles stuffed in that mulish face, as narcissistic mule is self-engorged at record pace. As he finally gets to Friday's very generous repast, the narcissistic mule at once lies down and breathes his last. The gas and constipation has steadily gotten worse as the bulbous little beastie overeats until he's burst. Be it donkey, ass, mule, or by any other name, the beastie's daily calendar and ours is not the same. This we learn from mulish lessons taught in mulish school with our overfed late teacher, the narcissistic mule. Hello? Hello, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me, David? Yes, I can hear you. There was some feedback there, so I was I was a little concerned that I'd lost you. Anyway, yeah, uh, that that's it. Did you hear it? Can I, can I ask you a question? Yes. You said the um, the woman was uh, was fond of the mule. Well, she had a she was at the time that I went over there in 1970. She was about 76 years old, and she did the whole farm herself. And uh, wow. she's very, very strong, very hardworking, but she was starting to dope. She was starting to lose it mentally. So, um, you know, she, she devised this plan to, to take care of her mule. <laughs> and when she got home, she... <laughs> She found the the poor the the beastie there all dead. That was it. That's, you know, that's a shame. Uh, it's it's sad when a good mule uh, goes bad. But he was a narcissistic mule. I can assure you, he lived a full and rich life. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. yes. With that certain. thought, we, we can console ourselves. Anyway, um, I'm looking forward to the contest. <laughs> Yeah, David, you, you entered uh, many poems into the contest. Um, 42, 42 to be exact, I entered. <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to sweeten the pot. <laughs> that's why. Well, you certainly did that. Uh, oh, okay. You, you, can enter, you can enter 42 more by the end of the week, you know. Oh, okay. I, I think I'll, I'll, I'll go write, I'll write some more. I'll write 42 more <laughs> Right, Listen, we'll after you break my kneecaps, we'll we'll go to uh, Starbucks and uh, Bubala will serve us mosquito minestrone. Okay. <laughs> I am a vegetarian, you know, but um, but that's fine. Uh, we'll we'll set that up. Okay, okay, okay Rick. Thank you so much. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. You too. All right. That was uh, David Nevs calling from Newark, New Jersey. Calls in almost every month. Uh, always fun to talk to. Um, and uh, entered a lot of poems into this year's concert. A lot of people enter one or two poems. Uh, David, 42, uh, which is, by the way, the age I'm turning uh, in two weeks from today. So, uh, as you may know, that is the answer to the great question of life, the universe, and everything. I'm looking forward to becoming that. Uh, speaking of narcissistic mules. Uh, moving right along, let's see uh, the number again to call in. Uh, do call in. We've got about 25 minutes left in the show. Is 646-716-7362. Would love to hear your poetry. Moving now to a caller from the 818 area code. Hi. 818, are you there? Good old San Fernando Valley. No one there? Hello? Hello, yes. Oh, Rick, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, that's me. Hi, this is Gwen Byer calling in. How you doing? I'm good, Gwen. How are you? 
<laughs> Sorry about that. Can you hear me? Okay? Did you uh, did you forget did you forget your phone number? I was reading something. I apologize. <laughs> and I did. I, I, I forgot I, my phone number. The show isn't that interesting. I can understand not not really. No, no, not at all. <laughs> I like the last caller, and I loved hearing Marie. I really am a big fan of hers. Cool. So yeah, where is so, are you calling from, or is that is this uh, right now? I'm calling from Santa Clarita. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Well, you are uh, practically a, a, an area code imposter. Exactly. <laughs> a little, a little too far for me, but um, I'm going to read something called uh, "Heavy." And uh, whenever you're ready, I'll go. Uh, let me. Uh, let me loosen my belt. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, driving in the morning, I have lost serene. Today I am so heavy. And if you push me, I'm going to push right back. I know I know better, but I'm standing on the edge. We all have bad days, and I know I know better. But something takes over me, and you are in my way. As I'm standing behind you, you tell your story. Don't you know there's somewhere I would rather be? You're everywhere I go when I'm feeling heavy. It's starting to weigh me down as I'm slowly sinking. Deep inside, I know it's me, the only thing that's changed since yesterday when it was all the same. I race to where I'm going as you race to yours. We don't regard each other as we push through the door. Do we have to crash? Is that what it takes to be? A little lighter, a little less unique? I can't get out of my way long enough to see that maybe you are having a heavy day like me. That's it. Mm. Nice. Thanks. Gwen, do you do you live up in the Santa Clarita Valley, or are you just there for lunch? <laughs> no, I live here. Cool. And yeah. um, anything? Uh, do you have a website or any anything that uh, you want to plug or promote at this time? Sure. A coming up. Um, I've actually been on your uh, poet of the week before, a while, a couple years back. And I have, um, it's called, it's called beatenpathmusic.com. And Beaten Path my, Music. Yeah. Okay. And it's all free, so if anyone wants to go on there, they can download everything for free. What do you have up on, on the website? What kinds of things do you do there? Well, I have my music. And which basically, I wrote poetry for 20 years and wrote a few songs, but then decided to dive into music completely. But I always start with poems. That's my starting point. And sometimes they become songs and sometimes they don't. It just depends. Interesting. So you start with words and then it either, I guess, Stays on the page, or um, you, you might set it to music, for that matter. Yeah, it's it's weird. It just kind of inspiration takes over. I'll sit down. I'll <clears throat> write a few things out. I'll sit down at the keyboard, and then it just kind of clicks. Interesting. Do you do you think that there's a, I mean, a difference between a song and a poem? How do you how do you differentiate it? Well, I think for the poems that became songs, they had to be restructured rhythmically. Um, and then, and I write very lyrically anyway. I always have. So it's kind of an easy transition. Um, but they, I change them a little bit so that there's more of a, you know, beginning and then chorus, sometimes a bridge. But it comes seems to kind of fall into place naturally for me. 
Bless you. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I was I was uh, sick this past week, and I'm kind of in the last throes of it, so um, uh, uh, struggling just to just to uh, communicate. In, well, you're doing a good job. I didn't even couldn't tell. Oh well, uh, um, thank you very much for that. Um, interesting. So um, yeah, you know, it's uh, I may have mentioned this before on the show, but uh, I I think there's kind of a, a strong connection between music and poetry. And in fact, in Hebrew, which is a, a very old language, the word for poem and the word for song is, in fact, the very same word. The word for poetry and the word for music is the same exact word. And in that particular culture, there's a, a great tradition of taking the words of poets and setting them to music. So like in, I did not you know, know it's almost that everything starts out as a poem and then it's later... <laughs> Or, or may not become a song. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's amazing. I did not know that. What is the word? Uh, well, it is a shir is the word for song or poem. Um, shira would be music or poetry. Um, shirim is plural for poems or, or music, I guess. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, but I don't mean to show off, but really, am I showing off if I only know one Hebrew word? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I think that's really amazing. I had no idea. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, um, yeah, I was just uh, I was wondering about that because it, then some people sort of approach it differently. Like, you know, a, one singer-songwriter might sit down and write music with their instrument, you know, um, right. and not well, consider it... Um, consider it poetry, per se, you know, or, well, or most, vice versa. Go ahead. Exactly. Well, most musicians that I have talked to about it start with music, and to them, lyrics are second. Music is the most important. To me, they're partnered equally, and I do have a fondness for the words. You know, I wanted to, when I read lyrics of someone's music, I want it to mean something, to be Heartfelt, you know. Certainly, I mean, there's a whole body of work that you hear on the radio every day that that, that doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot, or or it's you know its message is simpler, let's say. Right. Which can be fun. <laughs> no doubt. I don't suppose. Um, do, do you have a piece that you uh, that you wrote that became a song that? Or, I'm just wondering, like, if we could sort of hear the difference, you know, between what you have, um, you know, put in, you know, made a song out of, you know, versus kept as a poem. Um, well, actually, I'm trying to think. I can't think of anything. As, there have, yeah, there's actually quite a few. The one I just read to you started out as a poem. And my sister and I collaborated, and it became, it's a very bluesy song. Um, but it's also, the cadence is different. And um, and then there's some, there's quite a few pieces I've written that won't become songs, you know, just because I like them as they are. I don't want to change them. Right. I can't think of anything besides the one I just read, because <laughs> it's right in front of me. <laughs> I don't know if this is a way we could sort of hear how it sounds as a song. Like, what do you mean? I don't know. I mean, um, speak it rhythmically, or if you want to even sing it or something. Am I putting out? Oh, I see. Oh, <laughs> I'm not very good a cappella. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, I don't think I could at the. I, I, I uh, yeah, you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> alrighty, alrighty. No, it's a uh, great question, and I would love to. I'm, I'm just failing miserably in being able to give you an example. All right, well, no problem. Uh, tell us your. Uh, let me give out the phone number again uh, for people. Um, uh, one more time, the number is six four six seven one six seven three six two. We have about 15 minutes left in the show. We'd love for you to call in and 
and read a poem. I, I see there's a caller from the 973 area code who keeps calling but then getting disconnected. So uh, keep trying, man. You can do it. Uh, so we've got some open lines. So we'd love to hear We'd love to hear you. Do call in. So, um, Gwen, what's your uh, website again? It is uh, beatenpathmusic.com. And you can also Google it, Gwen Byer. It'll come up, B-E-Y-E-R. And there's a separate page for the music, but there's also, I wrote all the lyrics on a separate page on the site because I think they're important. And I'm going to be putting up a poetry link on there as well as just the poem. Cool. Very cool. Well, Gwen, thank you so much for calling in and and, uh, and almost letting me put you on the spot. <laughs> well, thank you for doing this, Rick. I mean, this, and for all of the support that you give to the poet community is amazing. And uh, feel better. Thank you so much. Enjoy your time in the Santa Clarita Valley. Thanks. All right, take it easy. That's uh, Gwen Byer calling from just north of, of here in the uh, Santa Clarita Valley, disguising herself by uh, by calling with an 818 area code, which is not the Santa Clarita Valley. But uh, I understand. We all have our secrets. Um, again, the number to call in is 646-716-7362. And I'd like to move now to a caller from the 973 area code. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm kind of surprised I got a hold of you. Uh, All right. So, what's what's your name? Uh, my name is. Um, I have it under Jack Henright. That's my author name. Oh, okay. Jack, I I'm writing a book. Um, I'm writing a book called The Return of the Ancient Mariners, and this is a poem out of that. Okay. Okay. So, should I start reading that now? Sure, go right ahead. Okay, it's called Nine. Okay, I'm going to shut... This is a little confusing because I got this other thing on here. Yeah, you got yeah, to I'm going to read it. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing myself. I'm going I'm to start now. Okay. Nine as one out of the Bay of Niha. Nine out to the Strait of Juan de Fuca. Nine rowing of the tribe of Maka. Nine searching for a cetacean, a sea hunt for these Olympians. They glide through waves slicing, 36 feet of cedar, canoe for the sea heading, finding white sails in the sun, blazing ahead of the wind surging, high plows on twin hulls of fur, crew holding oars upright of man, in front holding forth his hand, no, not hand, but a wing, outstretched his face the likeness of Thunderbird, Yamantu Winyai, his face dressed in a bird mask, the ancient mariner of Cooks and I, in splendor returned like a king, pointing to a spout of water in the straight nine, rode faster in hot pursuit after the Leviathan. So that's the end of that poem right there. Very nice, uh, Jack. Thanks for, uh, thanks for reading that. Where are you calling from, by the way? Uh, Rockaway, New Jersey. Say it again? Rockaway. Rockaway Borough, Rockaway. New Jersey. Got it. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, it's uh, just a, a note for anyone who calls in. Uh, there is a bit of a delay uh, from what you hear on the computer versus what you hear on the phone. So if you're calling in, you're hearing it live, but um, which is a few seconds before the computer. So you got to... Uh, you know, turn it down so that way you won't get confused or whatever. Jack, I saw that you just uh, entered the the poetry contest last week as well. Oh, yeah, I did, yeah. I had uh, two other poems. Um, cool. But I don't want to take up a lot of your time. I just read one of them. I think that's, I guess that's enough. No, that's, that's great. I just wanted to um, thank you for um, participating in that way. And um, do you have a, a website or anything or if you, that you can promote? Oh yeah, I've got a couple of them, but one the one I use is a uh, it's called um gosh, I can't remember all at least. Uh, let me check this here. Hold on. Um it's called uh I have a I have a few of them. Um well one is um I have some funny names for them, so I'm trying to figure 
Cooks and I at Blogspot. No, it's uh, Cooks and I dot Blogspot dot com. Did you say Cooks and I? Oh yeah, I know. Like, That's a tough thing. It's it's um, K I X U N A I dot Blogspot dot com. Cooks and I. It means um, lost across the ocean. It's um, the Inuit kind of word. I researched this a couple of years ago, and um, it's one of the Inuit people, the uh, people of the Northwest, the language. It's, it's the, uh, what's the legend of the um, lost across the ocean people who brought them the culture, a certain kinds of culture, like catching salmon, baskets, tools, and whatnot. Well, that's very interesting. Um, and um, you said you were writing a book, is that right? Yeah, it's called Return of the Ancient Mariners. Okay, and, it, and um, it's poetry, or tell us more about it. Oh, no, there's only one poem in the book. Uh, okay. But actually, there's another poem that I got from the book. It's derived from, and that's called The Core. But I don't have it written as a poetry, a poem in the book. So, Okay, but basically, um, the book is about um, the the return of these ancient people and a new world emerging from the world that we're living in now. Our world is going to end, in other words. You see, nature is going to pretty much give up on us, and there's going to be a new world. It's happened before on the planet Earth, so it's it's just just fiction, but I'm not trying to be some kind of um, author of doom. is, is, should we make long-term plans now? Or, no, you know, is, uh, I, I'm not. I, I, I myself, I, I'm not. I don't have any bottles of water here, like the Y2K kind of thing. Okay. But uh, basically, it's just a story, you know. And uh, since 2012 is coming up, I'm, I think I can generate some interest at least about nature, yeah. about well, about what nature long. should be like, except without civilization. Right. That's what the story is all about, actually. Well, that's interesting. How does nature give up on us? I mean, isn't it? Isn't are we kind of destroying it? I mean, in, in, you know. Well, nature is a lot more powerful than people are. So, I think right. we all realize that, right? You can't stop hurricanes or tornadoes or anything like that. So, um, and nature isn't just the only force. There's a force behind, you know, light, nature, and everything. I'm not going to go into that because I'm not going to be religious, but it's undeniable that there's such a force. So that force is going to use nature to change the world. That's all. Um, um, I don't want you to give away too much from your book, but um, does, does that, you know, does that cause the extinction of people? Is it is it a rapid? No, no, it doesn't cause the extinction because. Um, I believe in what the, the, basically what the revelations in the Bible say and other other books as well, that people will survive as to what people will survive. Well, that depends on your point of view, I suppose. But in the book, it, it, it goes into that, some of those things. But that is not really the whole tale of the book. The book is basically about adventures that two people go through, um, I do have like an, a, a, a preview book that came out in Amazon called uh, Hegwapa. Okay. Okay. And now I'm going to have an expanded edition of that, and that's going to be called The Return of the Ancient Mariners. Okay. Right. And um, well, it's basically about a couple of guys that go back, they go through the cave, and they find themselves in the Ice Age 15,000 years ago. And then they find out what life was like 15,000 years ago between the extremes of the Ice Age. It's not very cold back at that time. It's a warm period. So there's a lot of Native Americans hunting these extinct animals. And they're also running away from extinct animals, too. Some, you know, they have two tigers and whatnot. So that's all in the book. It's kind of exciting. You can get Hikwapa right now in, in Amazon, but this new book is going to be coming out next year, 2011. And if people are interested, it's under your name, Jack Enright. Yeah, it's all on the jacket right here. Great. Well, Jack, thanks so much for calling in. Good to good to hear about your book. I hope it's uh, I hope you have much success with it, and good to hear your poem as well. 
Oh, yeah, thanks for all those questions. I didn't mean to take up all your time, but, uh, you know. No problem. Thank you. I wouldn't have asked, but we didn't have the time. Okay. All right. Call in again. Okay. Have a nice day. Bye. You too. Bye. Uh, Jack Enright calling from Rockaway, New Jersey, our second New Jersey caller today. Normally, it's just David from Newark. Uh, David, you probably are feeling pretty good about yourself uh, right now, now that you've got a, a colleague and other other parts of Jersey to uh, poetilate with, as it were. Well, we've got about five minutes. If anyone wants to call in, the number is 646-716-7362. I'm going to, don't do this too much, but I'm going to play a uh, spoken word MP3. This is one of mine, as a matter of fact. Uh, It's called Trout Fishing in Los Angeles, uh, inspired by the Richard Brodigan title, uh, Trout Fishing in America. Hope you enjoy it. connection with cheese to a wide-eyed man who counters with his allegory of the fish and chips so good it killed him. What are you going to do now that you're dead? I asked the man. And she says nothing like dead men do. It's then I notice his tie is not merely silk designed to look like a fish. It's actually a fish. Trout specifically. The kind you might find in a trout stream. Or in your backpack if you're the type to carry trout around. Trout like the one hanging from this man's neck. Like it had been lynched. Like, watch out halibut, you're next. It's then that I notice the rest of the man's outfit is made up of a trout stream. The kind of trout stream you find in a place where they have lots of trout streams. Turns out there was no dead man. I'd been having a conversation about cheese with a trout stream. Imagine my surprise. I gather myself together say to the trout, Hello, Mr. Trout. Trout says back to me, Nothing, like trout do. Then swims away, probably to spawn. It's then that I notice, before the trout disappears into the trout stream distance, it seems to be wearing a necktie in the shape of a dead man. I check to see if I am still breathing. I am not. Well, there it was, ladies and gentlemen, my uh, spoken word track, Trout Fishing, in Los Angeles. Recorded that, recorded that a number of years ago. You can actually listen to a much better version of it on my website, poetrysuperhighway.com. Uh, click on... Well, God, I don't even know. I should go check myself so I can uh, tell you where the... There it is, yes. Uh, click on audio video. And there's a bunch of things there. There's videos of me reading in different places. You can listen to a, a number of MP3 tracks you enjoyed that one, you can or at least listen to that one in its uh, clearer form, not on this uh, phone line quality blah de blah Thanks to everyone for calling in. Thanks to Maria from West Hollywood, Don from Sonoma, California, Noreen from Lake Wells, Florida, Marie from uh, L.A., uh, David from Newark, New Jersey, Gwen Byer from Santa Clarita, California, and Jack Enright from Rockaway, New Jersey. Uh, thank you all for calling in and making this a great Poetry Superhighway live show. Our next show will be on Sunday, October 17th. I believe that's three weeks from today. And that will not be an open reading. We will be announcing the winners of our 
currently running poetry contest, which I spoke about at length at the beginning of the show there. So do tune in. It's going to be an exciting show, and uh, months of work will culminate with, with that show. And, and if you enter the contest, you definitely want to tune in, because if you happen to be in one of the top ten scoring places, uh, you're going to be invited to call in to read as well. So go to PoetrySuperHighway.com, click on contest. It's October 17th at 2 p.m. Thanks a lot for listening, everyone. Bye.